So, any questions about last week? Then you don't have any questions. I have a question. <laughs> What's page one and two? What's the answers for page one and two? Yeah. <laughs>
somebody's torn Timothy out of my Bible. It's horrible. Well, okay, good question. The reason, the reason that you have to do this, and I'm asking you to do this, is because the electronic stuff that you get is free, which means it has been generally uh, scanned in, and it is going to have errors in it from time to time. Yes, which means you cannot rely on it. It isn't? Why not? All right, so let's cover a couple of things here for the people who are online. I've got table one, two, and three looking up stuff for uh, in their Bible dictionaries and uh, trying to find words. Uh, we're doing a little bit of a lab here. So in verse 9, we're looking up imprisoned, and verse 10, we're looking up elect, and in verse 12, we're looking up endure. So we have the individual tables working as a group. If you're home, please go ahead and go ahead and do those by hand. Uh, we're doing this old school. Uh, no electronics, please. All right. All right. So we're back. We've had lots of commentary. Some people like it. Some people hate it. And I'm okay with both of those. The idea is, is to be able to do this in a pickle, to where if you have something and it doesn't make sense and you've looked on it electronically, you need to have the skills to do this. If you don't have the skills to do this, you need to know somebody who does have the skills to do this and go find them and go help. I so he does. He does. I know where he lives too. <laughs> All right. So table one. What'd you get? Yep. Yep. Perfect. Table two. Oh. What'd you get? For your word. Yep. Yep. Very good. Okay. 
right. So, did you? I know Table Three did not like this exercise at all. They voiced that off record. So, Table One and Two, did you find this at all useful? I did not turn my back on you. Now I have. Like nine is so 
So if anybody says, well, I just don't feel like that, it's fair. You don't want fair. You really don't want fair. What did you get for verse 2 in trust? Give it a shot. Come on, Rita. Go out on the limb, kiddo. I'd like to say parasite, but that's not all of it. It's para... Thank you. Yeah. Para Close enough. Everybody agree? Anybody get anything different? What do you get for definition? I said before, serve and trust to... I said especially in the before, serve, act, and I deposit with and trust. I bring forward, quote, as evidence. Okay. So let's focus in on that, that in deposit thing. When you deposit something in the bank, you're entrusting it with them, right? You're hoping that they're going to do right with it. That's in trust. So it's a deposit. So how about uh, verse 2, qualified? I couldn't find the word qualified, so I used the word competent. Okay. What would you get? Iconic? Yep, same, same thing. Okay, you guys are being awfully quiet back here. You're scaring, you're scaring your buddy. Yeah. You guys okay with with these words? Yeah, I'm just uh, like a couple of verses I didn't have. I didn't have grace. I have favor. The mm-hmm. word favor instead of grace. Mm-hmm. And instead of entrust, trustworthy people. Um, yeah, so just a lot of the the language is really mm-hmm. different. Because if you get all woven together with it, try separate. 
you're getting if you're getting involved in these civilian affairs in these earthly affairs, you can get stuck. And sometimes it is exactly that when you start to pull out, there's resistance. And sometimes you have to go in and you have to undo it one stitch at a time. You're like, really? I should have been more careful. <laughs> so that's a nice word picture with that. Uh, so verse 4, what do you get for affairs? Yep. What do you get for that, for definition? A business and occupation. Yep. Okay. So, getting involved in the, getting entangled in the affairs. It's, it's that it's in the the global business, the earthly business. Just not getting involved in that. All right. Verse. In question three, uh, we did the you then, or in the NASB, it's you there. Therefore, you therefore. Um, and it's basically what I'm trying to point out here is that that when these words are put in, it's, tell, it's a reminder that this is not a verse standalone. This is part of a letter. You need to read it in continuity. You need to be able to look at it and go, this is a complete letter. And so when you, when you see these you thens, well, it's a connector. It's saying, well, look back in the previous paragraph, and what did it say? You need to be keeping watching out for these kind of flags. All right. So we need to keep moving here. Um, question number four. In verse two, what is Timothy to do with the message that he's been given? Also, Timothy, to entrust and to be reliable and ask men that will do that also be qualified to teach others. Ministry of Yes, absolutely. So you have to remember, back at this time, <clears throat> the Bible as we know it did not exist. So the only way that the gospel was passed on was by qualified people teaching qualified people. We reenacted a little bit of that just, just about 45 minutes ago. Qualified people helping qualified, other people learn how to do stuff and what the right way to do things are. So that working through that qualification process and that teaching and the spreading of the word is really, really important. And so if, if you know something about the Bible and you know someone who needs to know it, you're kind of under obligation to share it with other people. And so if you're, if you're that, that candle sitting on the mountaintop with a bushel over top of you, yeah, well, that's it. It says not to do that. So uh, let's do the topical Bible stuff, since you guys love doing this Bible study stuff so much. What did you get for the topical? And if you looked in the topical Bible, did you find any other passages about Christian responsibility to teach others the gospel? Yeah. What did you find? Uh, well, I found um, Okay. And, uh, but the one I liked the most was Matthew 28, 18, 20. Okay. Read that to me, please. And Jesus came upon, came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority, he's talking to the apostles, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I command you to do. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Very cool. The, what they, the Great Commission. They, mm-hmm. Yeah. So if if you are a Christian and you think that you don't have a job, well, sorry, yes you do. You have a job. Um, anybody else find anything else? Okay, what'd you get?
and he's reasoning with them on why why Christianity makes sense and he was getting converts because of his reasoning so you, you have to be able to reason this stuff out which is why it's important that you study and that you know how to study you have to be able to reason with people because you're going to hear a little bit of everything there is some pop psychology and some, some pop religions out there where you look at it and you go I don't even know where to start sometimes and and this being able to reason through it, going, well, you know, no, Jesus wasn't just a good teacher. He was the Son of God. So, yeah, yeah, I can't buy all that. And be able to reason through that with someone, it's important to have that skill set. Uh, anybody else get anything else under the topical Bible? Yeah. <laughs> 
see other examples of an analogy. <laughs> How about my heart is like an oil pump? Yeah, you can snake like Yeah. Or you can say, you know, something like, um, uh, like Uncle Jack is as bald as a bowling ball. Or a 91 freeway clothes. No, that's an oxymoron. That's different. That's like jumbo shrimp. No, 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 no. That's different. That's different. Oh, okay. Okay, so in verse 3 through 4, Paul uses an analogy of a soldier. Yeah. What was he trying to, what point was he trying to make? And give me a list. Of, well, just tell you what. Just give me a list of some similarities between being a Christian and being a soldier. Um, to obey, for example, fight for a cause. Obey who? Obey the cause. Yeah. So. Well, too, in a sense, failure. You know, an athlete has 
to learn these You're not going to always win. And we, as Christians, you know, we sinners, we fail. So on a negative side, you could say that, but... Well, and and there is an, an important lesson in learning how to lose. Learning how to lose. Lose. Yeah. And so, you know, if if you get into a situation and you don't do well, you have a couple of choices. You can go, I am so done with this. I am out. I'm not going to do this anymore. Do not make me study any more word things doing it old school code. I don't like it. <laughs> or, thank you, thank you. Or, or you can go, all right, clearly this is a rusty area for me. I need to work on this. And I'm going to practice it. And I'm not going to be done with it until I can do it relatively well. Because the ideal thing that we are trying to get across to all of our membership is make sure you can feed yourself, which means that when you come to something that you don't understand or you hear something that doesn't make sense to you, can you figure it out? Can you feed yourself? And then check with somebody else and go, did you, did you get that? Did, does that make sense to you? And talk it out. You know, this, this, this thing of coming in and, and being an isolated little cell, that doesn't work very well. We are, we are set here as a congregation to watch out for each other, to help each other, support each other, to come alongside each other. And um, so if you're a rookie at this, fear not. We all started there. So we're all, we all started as rookies. So if you're a rookie, congratulations. Welcome aboard. Do not give up. Do not give up. All right, so uh, how about the so – I'm, I'm from uh, the Midwest, and uh, I think everything should be made into a sandwich if it can. It's not real food. <laughs> all things – all Belveda is, in fact, a cheese. Thank you very much. So just because it has a shelf life of 100 years does not mean it's not a cheese. So now, oh, yeah. Hey, you got to be able to do that. All right, so I grew up in the Midwest on a little farm. And so this is the, verse 6 talks about an area that I like a lot. So what's the similarities between a Christian and a farmer? You mean number 7. Yeah. Yes, number 7, verse 6. Mm -hmm. Yep. What's the similarities between a Christian and a farmer? It involves hard work. That's what it says there. Yep. Mm -hmm. And what else do you get? Plant the seed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what happens when you plant the seed? What happens if it... The water. Yep. Yep. Have to tend it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yep. You reap what you sow. You also got to keep the cattle out of the corn. Thank you very much. Because it's not good for the cattle and it's certainly not good for the corn. So where's the parable of the sower at? Okay. Yep. Yep. So does somebody have one of those that you can read to me? Oh, I have 13. He replied, because the knowledge of the secret of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has, has, whoever has will to give more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is yes, why I speak to them in parables. Through seeing, they do not see. Through hearing, they do not hear or understand. I just kind of went the whole thing. I just smiled. <laughs> That's good. So does anybody have Matthew 1 through 9? Okay. How about 3 through 9 then? And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on rocky places where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. I'm not reading that right. It sounds good to me. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched and because they had no root, they withered away. <coughs> Others fell among the thorns and the thorns came up and choked them out. 
and others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. See, they have ears let in here. Yeah. So, what is a parable? Oh, I like that. What's well, something else that's important to know about a parable? Don't you love it when that happens? Oh boy. In the context of, uh, of symbol that people understand. Yep. Yeah. So, so talking about farmers and things like that, this was something that people understood about planting. There's another really important thing to keep in mind with a parable. It has one point. So the key is figuring out what that one point is. Because if you take a parable and you parse it down to and look at all the window dressings that are put around the story, you can end up literally out in the weeds. And you're going, well, okay, when I read this parable, this is what it says. And it's like... Yes. Yes, you want to find out what the one key point, what the main point is, and make sure that you get that main point. And don't read into it about all of the other stuff that is around it to make the story interesting and support the context of what it's trying to say. So, key thing about parables, they have one point. So make sure you understand what that one point is. And the parable of the sower, the one point is, is that when you plant seeds, it depends on where the seed lands. Is the reception, is, go, is it going to be a, in good soil or rocky soil? That depends on the individual. So where are you with, when, when you're teaching someone, you need to be aware of where that word is landing. And so if it's, in an, if, it's in some, a, if it's being told by somebody who's really having a lot of struggle and they're having a very, very difficult time, you need to be aware that they could potentially end up being strangled out by the weeds. And you need to be watching over them. Others, others, you can plant the seed and you can just go, you got this. You absolutely have this. You're, gonna, you're not going to, I'm not going to have to come alongside you and babysit you every day. You've got this. And, you know, just check and make sure everything's going well. So that's the parable of the sower. So um, let's look at question number nine. Verses eight through ten. How does this help you endure the sufferings of this world? Well, first of all, somebody read eight through ten for me. Okay, so personal testimony time. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to put anybody on the spot. So for me, people go, how, do you, how can you love God and still be in a wheelchair? I don't know why he, why it is necessary for me to be in a wheelchair. And you know what? I don't have to know. It doesn't mean that it doesn't have a purpose, and that if I'm cooperating, it is to God's purpose. So when you're going through stuff in your life, the only thing that you have to keep in mind is, I don't know what this is, but how can I make this work to God's purpose? And me looking for that. So when you're struggling with something, when something isn't going well, what is it that you're putting out into the area around you? Are you are you are, are you copying a little bit of an attitude, or are you just going, hmm? How can I be gracious about this? How can I be loving about this? How can I encourage other people around me with this? And don't wallow in it. You know, just I mean, I've seen some people that just. They're so intent on wallowing in their life circumstances that you, they can't be pulled free from it because they resist it. It's like, I'm going to wallow in this. Leave me alone. Oh, this isn't good for you. <laughs> so that's what it means by, by enduring the sufferings. Paul gives us class.
best example of this. He knows he's going to die. No doubt in his mind. And he goes, okay. If it serves God's purpose, okay. And that's where it was. So, key lesson there. Key lesson. Uh, verse 11 through 13. Could somebody read that to me?